Hey, welcome back to Beyond the Booth. I'm your host, Cameron Capers. And as always, follow Beyond the Booth on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Then you can also find Beyond the Sound on Twitter and Instagram at B-Y-D-T-H-E-S-O-U-N-D. If you want to support the site, you can make donations on Beyond the Sound's homepage. Today's guest is singer-songwriter Nick Perea. How are you doing today, man? Hey, good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Of course, man. This is actually like our second time actually doing an interview together, I realized, because I interviewed you uh, before when you guys came to Kansas City. Yes. Uh, bar. But I didn't actually that, talk to you. <laughs> that was the last show that I played before wow. the pandemic. Yeah, that was the very last show of the last tour Camp Power did. That's crazy. No, yeah, no live music since then for me. Wow. Yeah, that was like, yeah, over a year ago at this point. Um, oh, so yeah. yeah well, I, was, I was laughing at myself. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been here before. I didn't realize it. Um, so, yeah, it's really cool. So, was that your first time actually playing in Kansas City at that point? It, it was, yeah. But, uh, what, yeah, as I was saying, um, so that last tour, Matt, who's kind of like was Camp Howard's auxiliary um, bass and guitar player, he got sick and had to go home like halfway through the tour. Mm. Um, so we had, like finished the tour as a three piece and like just kind of put together this like jumbled set and then i actually got sick as well and i lost my voice so i couldn't sing so we we were basically just on stage like winging it for like five nights that's crazy. and um yeah so kansas city it was like we we barely got there we were like <laughs> i was barely holding on i was sick we were playing like these songs that we literally wrote that day and soundcheck just to be like all right just play like an a here and like <laughs> you know we'll like figure it out wes you like sing some improvised lyrics or whatever right. oh man but uh the show was was cool we were on tour with our friends illiterate light um and that was a good tour i mean it kind of yeah fell apart for us but like it was cool we got some really good fun uh right near the venue mm-hmm. um which was I forget. What um, was I think it? it was Record Bar, the one you guys played here. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's always interesting, too, just in general, even when tours go well. Like at the end, bands usually get burned out after a while, especially if it's like a big tour, you know? So uh-huh. obviously, in your case, it was even worse because like all this stuff happening behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really collapsed. And then right. we had to, we had to drive straight home. We drove 15 hours or something home from that's that. That's so wild. That's so I crazy. know. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm glad everyone's healthy and it's still, yeah, awesome. so, that's the best yeah. part about it. So awesome. Um, yeah, I'm happy to talk to you, like I said, because uh, your project, Nico Play, uh, your first single, Bluff, actually came out. So if you listen to this, make sure you check it out. It's a great song. Um, so what inspired you to like start releasing music separate from Camp Howard? Um, that so obviously, like isolation of the pandemic. Um, Camp Howard had some studio time booked. And then that fell apart because of COVID. Like the studio was like, we can't have you in here. Um, And at the, I don't know. I just, I decided to just get like some stuff. I got like a tape machine and, and try to do it in my room. Um, Honestly, as like a project to keep myself busy, um, I, I had nothing to do. Like my work closed. Um, obviously like everybody remembers, you know, the, the, the lockdown, it was just like, you know, what do I do with my time? Um, so I was trying to be productive and like feel somewhat sane. Mm 
Mm. And um, yeah, so I so I got some recording stuff and yeah, I uh, started recording in my room and then just like after a while my like my uh headspace was so I felt not like lonely but so alone, you know what I mean? That re- that releasing the music um as a new solo project just seemed like the right move and that makes sense yeah and i've definitely seen a lot of artists do that over the past year and some change um mm-hmm. so yeah i definitely understand that and something else i want to touch on our previous interview that i mentioned before um you talked about you know your upbringing in mexico and all of that mm-hmm. and how it influenced camp powers last project canon which is a really great album by the way i'm still listening to it a lot oh, um thanks. yeah of course and then also how like you know mexico the influence is kind of transferred in america and like pop music and alternative music a lot over the past few years mm-hmm. especially like spanish like influence and the lyrics and music and all of that so can you yeah. talk about like artists from mexico that inspired you before you moved to america um i mean a lot of the music that inspires me still is just old music that my parents listen to mm-hmm. um i and not not a lot of it is mexican really i mean there's a lot of like spanish and like you know just from different countries that speak spanish um artists but yeah i think i think the biggest thing for me is i i didn't really have like the sort of music that i that i wanted to listen to growing up didn't exist in spanish or like i couldn't find it Mm. um so I think for me, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I kind of wanted to create what I wanted to hear in Spanish for like maybe other people who, who might be interested in hearing it. Um, cause I, cause I just like, I couldn't find any really. I had like, like the classic um, music that I grew up like listening, listening to with my parents, um, which was all just kind of like big popular hit stuff. Right. Um, and yeah, I don't know, I guess so much, there's so much like more music discovery stuff. Like there's so many ways to find music now that didn't exist before. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I guess that's part of the inspiration. That's really interesting. Yeah. You don't even think about how much your parents like influence has on you, especially music, oh, yeah. until you get older. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I remember my dad, the first time he showed me the first, like, mexican or like spanish type music i ever heard was carlos santana mm-hmm. uh, black magic yeah. woman i remember like, yeah, what yeah. the hell is this, this is so cool <laughs> yeah like, my mind was blown when i heard that so yeah it's really cool to like now that i'm older i've like, gone back and like read more books about like different places i haven't known about and like the music there because it's really interesting to me um mm-hmm. and so when did you first start like, actually playing instruments and writing your own music playing instruments i was probably like 15 or 16 okay that's when I started, yeah, probably like 15 or 16 started like covering songs and learning how to play chords mm-hmm. and singing out loud. And, you know, tried, I, I did some open mics. That was like how I started, I guess, performing in high school. I would like go to these open mics and sign up and, and Wes from Camp Howard also we would we would go together and like duo some songs <laughs> we'd like play like some Fleet Foxes songs or something <laughs> <laughs> nice 
yeah. mid 2010 like alternative yeah yeah very cool yeah so interesting i've been thinking about that in high school i felt like almost more like not more driven but more like willing to be out there than i am now not in a bad way but mm. like i was just so like you know effort all the time mm-hmm, like, we were mm-hmm. playing shows anywhere we could so it's really interesting how that like teen that teenage energy is kind of like you're just ready to go you know you're just playing anywhere you can yeah absolutely yeah, yeah really you, everything is exciting when you have never played a real show before <laughs> you're like right. what i can right. play in the in the you know this back room of a restaurant and like four, <laughs> four people will listen to me that's so fucking sick like yeah <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. It's, it's very real for sure um something yeah. else i was like you know getting stuff together for this interview something else you said the last one that really stuck out to me that i relate to a lot actually um, you mentioned uh, when I was a kid, having moved from Mexico, I shied away from expressing my culture for fear of not fitting in. So I think I'm uh, naturally compelled to express a part of me that I suppress when adapting uh, to living in the U.S. And that was mm-hmm. really interesting to me. I'm, you know, born and raised in America. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not about that or anything, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting, like how I felt the same way. I was like a lot of times, like because we were from uh, my brother and I from Ohio originally, um, and we moved here in like, 2007, I think. And like a lot of times, I had to like suppress things that i liked or like things i thought were interesting i didn't want to like be the odd man out Mm -hmm. and obviously in missouri it's like extremely white here and i'm like a black guy so on top of that Uh it's like yeah you know trying to like navigate like all these different things so that's really interesting that you said that and that really stuck out to me um and so i wanted to know like when did you kind of become more comfortable in your like cultural identity not only in music but just in your day-to-day life it's taken me so long honestly same um yeah i probably honestly only until a few years ago Mm. that i started to feel actually comfortable um just yeah it's just like a like there's definitely this kid inside me that's still like you know (laughs) you know like you know (laughs) don't 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 let it out or something i don't know yeah i I, it's it's really strange Mm. um I just remember like when I moved here with, I just remember like going to elementary school and like with, I have an older brother. Mm -hmm. um, And I just remember him being like, dude, like, you know, don't wear your Mexico Jersey to school. Like that's so awful. He was was like, they're going to give you shit for it. Just like, don't wear it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, shit like that. I don't know. I guess it, it sort of like stayed with me um and then also like i don't know even just speaking spanish like i don't have like in high school and stuff i never had any like spanish-speaking friends Mm. um so i didn't yeah i just like wasn't you know when I, i never had the chance to like speak spanish unless i was you know never never had the chance to like converse with anybody really except except like my family or like some stranger that like you know i met or something um Mm -hmm. but yeah i think a a big part of it was just growing up and like meeting more people um going to college and like yeah just just like meeting more people that speak spanish and feeling like okay i and not weird, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. And yeah, also, like, yeah, I would say, uh, like, going to Chicago, I, like, just 
going there, it's like the, you know, it's like the closest thing to being in Mexico to me. Uh, Yeah. I mean, at least in some neighborhoods like Pilsen, which is like a predominantly uh, Mexican neighborhood. I mean, I've never been to LA um, or so I'm sure that's a lot like that as well, but places where I would, I was there just like a few weeks ago filming a music video for this single. And, um, you know, it's just like a Mexican restaurant and I just walked in by myself and there's like just a few uh, seats and like a bar basically. And uh, there's just a Mexican woman in there and she just addressed me in Spanish at like, just assuming that I speak Spanish because I'm there, mm-hmm. which was really nice. I felt like I was at home, you know, she's like watching like telenovelas in Spanish. And I was just like, dude, this could be any like, anybody's grandma in Mexico (laughs) like this is nice and so yeah just experiences like that have made me feel like more and more at home in the world I guess that's really interesting yeah that's something I've been and on the show we talk about a lot too is like um that's something I always deal with a lot is like trying to balance like not always talking about identity and like race and all that but at the same time like I can't not talk about it because it affects my Mm -hmm. life you know and yeah. also even the music and like the music scene uh, across the world, really, it affects us as well. So, yeah, it's always yeah. a weird balance of like not feeling like I constantly want to talk about and like validate my, you know, existence of people, but also like having the conversations because I don't believe anything's going to change unless we have conversations about like what's wrong and what needs to change. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really interesting. you yeah, trying to navigate uh, and especially, yeah, like I was something I was thinking about, like. Uh, I would get made fun of was like rock music and stuff. I was like, mm-hmm. it was like Foo Fighters and like Led Zeppelin and all this shit. And then, like I said, fast forwarding now, like realizing like my people created rock music in the first place. Like, oh shit! Like, yeah, like, yeah, the entire exactly. time I was getting bullied for it. You know, it's like that's so crazy. So yeah, yeah, it's so, yeah. yeah, it takes kind of like growing up and like realizing shit like for the bigger picture and not just you know your own little bubble. I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, something else I want to talk about. Uh, so your your single bluff is out now, like I mentioned before. Um, and something you mentioned was actually it was inspired by a dice game that your family plays. I thought was really interesting. Yes. You, you talk mm-hmm. about that and how that came. Yeah. Play. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's kind of like poker with dice. So the dice have um, like ace, king, queen, jack, ten and nine right. values. Uh, and it's a it's a Mexican game called Mentirosa which is i think like a variation on the cuban dice game of like cubilete i think um anyway it's something that my my dad like has just played throughout his life and um yeah so during lockdown you know it got to the point where my family was just sitting down having dinner together and there was nothing to watch. There was nothing to do. (laughs) And so we started playing this dice game and it, and honestly was so much fun. And it, you know, it, it, it just, it was like, I don't know. It was so special. Um, Mm. and yeah, so the, the concept of the song and the art and the, and the video were inspired just from playing that dice game with my family. Um, that's really cool. And that's yeah. So, yeah, that's why I'm so happy to be talking to you. I think it's so cool how, like, across different cultural and, like, racial lines, there's differences, but, like, still the same. 
like things, mm-hmm. different, you know, different things. Um, yeah, I think that's really cool. Like even this is not the same, obviously, at all. Um, but my nephew, like playing Monopoly with him for the first time was so cool for me. Like, I played it as a kid growing up and it's like, wow, mm-hmm. I'm playing this with you now. And it's like, just show him how to play and all that was just cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's really cool to like those little moments of your family. You don't realize how important they are, you know? I think as yeah. you get older, it's like- Totally. Yeah, when you're a teen, it's like, you know, fuck my parents. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, growing up definitely puts a lot of things in perspective for sure. I mean, you mentioned mm-hmm. the music video you're working on. Um, can you talk about some people you worked with that and like how that came together being out in California? Yes, it was in uh, it was in Chicago. Oh, at least okay. Sorry about that. At least yeah. it was California. Yeah. Okay, Chicago. Sorry about that. No, yeah, Chicago. Got it. Um, so yes, Mal- um, Malcolm, um, Rishavi, I think, or Rishavi. I asked him recently. So I, I I just met I just met Malcolm. He's like the the fucking best dude. He's so nice. Um, That's awesome. But I asked him, and I should remember how to pronounce his last name. I'm pretty sure he said Rishavi. I'm really bad with names. I actually put the phonetic name of your last name on here, so I wouldn't say your okay. wrong. I'm the same oh, nice. way. <laughs> okay. So Malcolm Rishavi is just how I'm going to say it. Sorry, Malcolm, if that's wrong. Um, he he um, directed and like produced, and he's film filming. He filmed it and is editing it. Mm. Um, so he was definitely doing like the heavy lifting. Um, I pretty much just had the concept and then we like talked about stuff and then Claire Adams who did the single art, um, she like co-produced it. She has a studio with, um, a bunch of like studio mates, but it's, it's a really nice, um, little studio that we got to use to, to film, to like make a, a little set and film mm-hmm. there. Um, and also she styled it and then got um three like actors to play um the the three other characters in the in the video um but yeah it was it was it came together so it was so nice and um also claire's cousin francis and her partner bex were there and they were like helping out on set and francis took some film photos like behind the scenes that i just saw um the other day and they're so sick and nice. yeah it, it was all just uh it all it was some i was I, yeah i just feel so grateful because everybody was so generous with their time and like i don't know everyone just helped out is obviously like not a big budget thing like right. basically i'm paying what i can mm-hmm. um and then um we luckily malcolm was able to rent uh like a good camera through uh uh the college there the university saic um so yeah i don't know but it it's really it's really sweet um i can't wait to see it i haven't seen the final edit yet but um i saw a little clip yesterday and i'm so excited yeah i'm Um, excited to see it as well and that's yeah. something I mentioned in the previous interview I did. Like, it's really cool how, like, artists, even in Kansas City, like, that are, you know, budgeting everything by themselves and, like, putting the money in for all their music videos and stuff. And I've seen videos that from here that are better than people that are signed to huge labels. And it's, like, that's mm-hmm. so crazy. It's, like, how do you have all this money and, like, this video that someone, you know, did on their own is way better. And I think that says a lot about, you just, like, creativity. And, um, yeah, you can have all the money in the world if you don't have a, 
you know, a, a view of what you want to do, you know, or a vision to kind of get, get lost in translation for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, speaking, really cool. speaking of lost in translation, I just watched that movie for the first time. I've never seen that. It's oh. made that reference. <laughs> oh no. It's 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 really good. Actually, Malcolm, who directed the video, I asked him, I was like, what's your favorite movie? Because he's a film guy. And he said Lost in Translation. So I watched it. I need to watch that. There's also a movie I haven't watched. It was um, I think it was through 824. I could be wrong, but it was um Robert Pattinson and then Andre 3000 are in it, which is a great lineup. But it's like them going like to a black hole in space. What? Like that's that's the entire plot is that i was like that's really cool i haven't watched it yet though it i haven't out, either yeah it came out like two years ago it's not that old um but i haven't watched it yet but i need to <laughs> i imagine i imagine claire adams who did the single art has watched that because she <laughs> she is like a robert pattinson oh god <laughs> stan big stan <laughs> I think he's cool. I don't have any, you know, feelings one way or the other about him. Oh, he's he's, he's definitely beautiful. Yeah, there's he's no, a good-looking guy for sure. No doubt about it. I do think it's ironic that uh, what's his name from Twilight uh, came out as gay afterwards. I think it was Taylor Lautner. Oh yeah. Yeah, because all these girls like, uh, everywhere like, obsessed with him, and it's like, hey guys, I'm gay. It's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny, but um, no, yeah, right back <laughs> yeah. school. <laughs> I have to watch that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, as we wind down here, I wanted to talk about like obviously your plans for the future. Um, mm-hmm just like obviously live music is kind of a thing right now it's kind of in and out of the door it seems like right so just with the rest of the year going into next year what do you like have planned what do you want to do so my immediate plans are to record the next single um which i'm working on now and possibly do a music video for that as well um so that's my like immediate focus. Um, I have uh, a f- I have a couple songs that I want to record for Nico Play. Maybe, maybe like eventually put together an EP. Um, mm. And then further down the road in October, Camp Howard's doing a tour, very cool, um, supporting the Backseat Lovers, and it's, it's we're just doing a little chunk, a uh, little piece. And we're doing dates in Florida and Texas. Okay. So got to prepare for that. Got to, got to figure out our set. Um, and yeah, I don't know the, just the, even the thought of doing that tour sounds like that could never happen. <laughs> and <laughs> right, it just does not that. seem like real. So I'm, I'm still just focused on like this little room where, that I'm in right now. And just like, recording like writing lyrics and like just working on music and being here because i'm definitely not out of i feel like i'm still in the somewhat like the space that i've been in since the lockdown like just you know i I, i'm definitely not out in like out in the world kind of mentality yet same Um, yeah i was talking to my friend about that it was interesting conversation about like being at home you know for over a year and then Mm -hmm. people are like out and about now and it's like almost feeling like the need to be social like an obligation to like go outside but not feeling ready to that's Mm -hmm. something i've been struggling with is like trying to navigate how to be social and still be safe and like not just be at some random bar like a thousand people you know no matter yeah yeah totally yeah it's it's a very weird time for me still because it feels like like you said people are kind of going forward you kind of can still feel stagnant in a sense Mm mm-hmm yeah, so yeah. I get that for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's just strange. It's so <laughs> weird. Like, 
in uh in virginia i guess everything uh, at least in richmond everything kind of changed overnight like all of a sudden it was like oh yeah like the popular bars are open and like right. people are gonna go and like no one's wearing a mask right <laughs> and um i don't know it's just so funny it's so yeah, strange it's weird i've been thinking about yeah i just think it's kind of like off topic obviously yeah just like i think about just like the human mind and the way we interact with each other and all that yeah yeah i think a lot of us just have this like desire just to be social and be like no the social yeah. butterfly and all that i'm not the kind of way i'm very much like introverted I, and, like to my yeah life. i I, <laughs> I am absolutely the same way although i i think i do realize there's there's definitely a benefit to like socializing right. and I'm, I'm like the kind of person that I could like be alone for months, I feel mm -hmm. like. Um, but yeah, I, I like make an effort now to like go out Same. at least like on the weekends or something and like see people. Right. And, and yeah, but yeah, that uh, like going on tour, that's like a whole other, that's like the opposite spectrum of being locked in your apartment or house or whatever like going on right. tour is the exact opposite of that right yeah. you're literally around people all the time all uh, the yeah. time yeah. yeah it's a very interesting time is there's no rule book or really guide to figure all this out you know so um yeah yeah it's it's interesting but yeah man it was great talking to you i'm really i really love this single and i'm excited to see you know what you're going to be doing next and i've obviously been a fan of camp howard for years as well so it's really cool to kind of see all of you guys do different things and just evolve. It's, it's really cool. Thanks so much. Thanks of for course, having me, Cameron. This is very nice. Awesome, man. It was nice talking to you. You have a good evening, okay? Yeah. Thanks, you too. All See right. You, man. All right. Bye. Talk soon. Bye. Yeah. Bye.